It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. In September 1993, Jim Abbott took the mound at Yankee Stadium and threw one of the most dramatic no-hitter games in Major League Baseball history. That game was a high point in an unbelievable success story. Jim was born without a right hand, but that didn't stop him from fulfilling his dream of becoming an athlete. He was a two-sport standout in high school and a pitcher for the University of Michigan. Jim won the gold medal game at the 1988 Olympics and without spending a day in the minor leagues, joined the starting rotation for the California Angels. Jim is a motivational speaker and author of Imperfect and Improbable Life. Hey, Jim, thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Joan. I appreciate you having me here. You know, Jim, I have to thank you. I have the opportunity to interview really amazing people, but your interview got me a high five from my two sons. So thanks for that, finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good start. We'll see if they agree after it's over. Oh, Jim, I live with baseball fanatics. There's nothing you can say that they won't agree with. <laughs> you know, and, and along those lines, uh, as I said, I have two boys that are baseball fans, and, you know, you guys are role models to them. And Growing up, you wanted to be an athlete. You went on to be a professional athlete. You wanted to be a pitcher. You pitched a no-hitter. When you were achieving these goals, was it ever in the back of your mind that you were setting an example for others, maybe kids that were facing similar type challenges and that you were a role model for them? It wasn't until I got to the major leagues that I really started to understand the impact of, of um you know, of, of being a major league pitcher and, and being in the spotlight and, and being different. I was born missing my right hand, and, you know, I really spent the first part of my life, you know, fighting back against that in, in, in quiet ways, uh, out on a baseball field and, on you know, in, in athletics and, and in all the things that I was doing. And um, so, no, I, at, at early in my life, I was just doing what I love to do and trying to, you know, trying to find my sense of, of purpose and my identity. And, and um, when I got to the major leagues, uh, of course, there's a lot of attention, a lot of media of attention on on, on each player. And, and because I was different, I received even more than, than the normal attention. And, and um, I started to see the effect that that could have with, with families and parents and kids that, you know, started coming to the ballparks in every city that we played in. And, and um, yeah, it was a really interesting facet of my career and, and, and very, very motivating and very inspiring. Well, you know, Jim, going back to your childhood for a moment, why a baseball pitcher? I mean, someone might say, why not run track or something that maybe was less of a challenge to you. Do you think that was a mindful decision on your part? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I could have done a lot of things where I didn't <laughs> have to use my hands quite as much, but um, I loved it. I loved baseball, and there was no conscious decision about where it might lead. It was just doing what the other kids did, getting in the game, getting involved. All the other kids in my neighborhood played baseball, so I wanted to play too. Were your coaches receptive to you back then? Incredibly receptive. Uh, and I didn't really realize how lucky I was by, you know, I had so many coaches who 
who not only were receptive but encouraging. They, you know, when I came to a tryout, you know, I felt I felt the loneliness of of of, of expectations and, and wanting to prove myself. And and you know, so many times there was a coach there who was. Um, you know, not only receptive to my playing, but they, you know, they pulled me into the game and said, listen, we'll figure out a way to get this done. And um, I, I was so fortunate in that. I, I, I get cards and letters to this day from, from parents, moms and dads and kids who, uh, you know, sadly don't have the same type of encouragement in their career, in their, you know, in their sporting world. And, and, and uh, you know, so I, I try to use the small forum that I have to encourage people to, to look at people for what the possibilities that they have instead of what they can't do. Now, Jim, you write in your book that you hid your disability in your right front pocket. When did you finally stop feeling the need to do that? I don't know, Joan. I, I, you know, I guess there are times in my life where I still do that. You know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a lifelong journey. It, it, there are times, um, and talk about this a little bit in the book where, you know, being born missing my right hand, I don't even think about it. I, you know, I'll go weeks at a time where I don't even, you know, it's it's not something that is part of my daily life. And and yet, um, you know, there's other there's other days where I may be in a new situation. You know, I may go to my uh, daughter's classrooms, or I may be at a place where you know there's, you know, there's there is some awkwardness, and and um, and then it is part of my life again. So it it, it kind of stops and starts. I don't think that you. You reach this point. At least I haven't re- reached this point where you you totally say, "Oh, I, you know, this is um, something I'm completely comfortable with." Uh, you know, I think you always it's always sort of there. Well, you know, and I think that's a wonderful point because so many of our listeners that are dealing with various types of challenges in their lives, they may think that you're healed and it goes away and you move on. And you know, look at Jim Abbott; he's this incredibly successful baseball player, and you know, he got past it. And as you're saying. You have moments where you push it aside, but it's always there. And I want our listeners to understand that it is a, you know, it's an everyday battle where you feel good some days, some, t- some days it comes back, but that doesn't mean you can't keep moving forward. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. It comes and it goes. And, 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 and that's not, and, and I think you, you try to find peace with the times when, when it does sneak into your life, when, when, when those, um, you know, you get that awkward second glance uh, walking down a street, you, you, you know, there's some reminder of, of the fact that you're different. And, and, and just being aware of those things, you're able to take some of the power away from it. When, when you're a kid, you're, you know, you're more susceptible to those types of influences. And, and as you get older, I, th- I think we build up a stronger filter and we're able to, to you know, if, if not completely move past, you know, those feelings, be, you know, take control of them, be aware of them, and, 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 and use them to our advantage. Now, Jim, I get the opportunity to interview a lot of people who have really overcome some tremendous obstacles, and often they attribute a good portion of their success to their parents. And you've said that your parents saw your condition not as a disability, but as an extraordinary opportunity. So for parents that might be listening right now who are raising children with different types of obstacles. What should these parents be telling their children, and what impact does their example have on their child? Well, my parents were my heroes, um, and they serve as a, as a great inspiration to me now that I'm a parent myself. You know, I think the greatest gift that my parents gave me was the idea that 
my hand was something to be lived up to, and, and it was a responsibility almost. My dad used to say to me all the time, you know, Jim, what's taken away once is given back twice. And, and, and I think he meant that, that you need to focus on what you have instead of what's been taken away. And, and, and I definitely remember the, a turning point in, in, in my upbringing when that became the focus for my parents, you know, that, that yes, I was born missing a right hand, uh, but so much more was given to me. I had athleticism, you know, I, I, I had other talents that would allow me to, to live up to that. You know, it was something, uh, they treated me as though, you know, I, I don't, I hate, I don't really like the word special, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they made me feel special without treating me special, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. And I love his words, taken away once is given back twice. Th- those are really incredible words to remember because that's something that we definitely forget when we just focus on what we don't have or what's missing in our lives. Yeah, and, and that was something that, that, you know, was passed down to him from his, from his mom. My mom and dad are my heroes in a lot of ways, not just because of, you know, they, they raised me and my brother in, in a very instinctual way and, and, and obviously with the challenges of, of, of me being born different, it, it brought a lot of anxiety and, and, and unknown to their lives. Um, but they themselves, I mean, they had me at a very early age. It was a struggle for them. There was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of sacrifice for them, giving up sort of, you know, some of the dreams that they had, you know, when they were younger and, and, and focusing on raising a family. And and, and so their their model serves me well, and I think about that now, about about parenting and, 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 and sort of the selflessness that's involved. Your career got off to a slow start, and what would you say were some of the adjustments that you needed to make to turn it around in the majors? It's an incredibly competitive environment at the major league level. I was, um, I was very young when I got there. I was just 21 years old, and, and uh, I had had a pretty, a pretty incredible amateur career in, in the fact that I was at the right place at the right time in a lot of ways. I went to the University of Michigan and played there, and, and then I played in the Olympics in, in 1988, and, and, and we won a gold medal. And, and then all of a sudden, I, I made a major league team. So I didn't have a lot of professional experience. And, and the, the key was, um, you talk about attitude, you know, the key for me was to get up on a mound in a major league uh, stadium against major league players and feel as though I belonged. You know, I had a tendency to give the other guys so much credit. I would be looking at a Cal Ripken or a... Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and and I, and I would I would think about how good they were instead of remembering what it was that I brought to the table and and and, and remembering my strengths and um, so that was the adjustment that I had to make just just understanding what it was that that gave me the ability to be out there in the first place. Well, and you know, going on and pitching a no hitter with one of the greatest baseball teams, the New York Yankees. Can you describe what that day was like? Was that the greatest day of your career? It was a great moment, that's for sure. I, you know, I it probably was the greatest day of my career, um, although it, it may not have been the best game I ever played, <laughs> to be honest. There's a certain amount of luck that's involved in a no-hitter, but um, I, I never really realized how much your life can change in, in just a couple of hours, and in, in, I guess in a good and a bad, bad way. Uh, on that day, it was in a great way. You know, I there was a lot of anxiousness and uncertainty that went into the beginning of that game. Um, 
I hadn't been pitching all that well leading up to it, and 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 we were right in the middle of a pennant race. Our team was the Yankees were really starting to come back into prominence, you know, after being down for a few years. So there was excitement and tension and anxiousness, and then all of a sudden this game starts and they don't have any hits, and there's an excitement in the stadium that's building up with the fans and your teammates and the opponents and. It becomes this countdown of outs, and, and, and you get down to that last out when you only have one more to get, and, and the fans are standing up and literally jumping up and down, and, and you can feel it with every nerve in your body. You know, that next pitch might 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 make you, or, you know, you leave a mark for, for, for really uh, your whole career. And, and, and there it is, a ground ball, the shortstop, Randy Velarde fields it, throws it to Donnie Mattingly, and... And you have a moment that that really changes your life, and and um, to me that game is just symbolic of of yes, we all face tension and anxiety and nervousness, but amazing things can come out of that. And you just described probably looking back at that moment, but do you recall what you were thinking while you were on the mound? I remember hopefulness, and and um, I, I remember it, literally the the. The physical feelings of, of of feeling your heartbeat and and feeling you know that that shakiness in your in your in your legs you know <laughs> that, that just that excitement of the moment and and um, but I but I felt great I, I felt you know confident and and I excited and and a little bit of 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 letting go to to the baseball god so to speak you know just only thing I could really control was the pitch that I threw and the place that I threw it to. And, and after that, you know, things kind of have to go your way. And, and I remember a, with all of the excitement and tension involved, you know, a little bit of, of letting go and, and acceptance of, of what was to come next. Now, Jim, after an accomplish, accomplishment like that, you just mentioned when you began that you, you know, you felt like you didn't fit in with the baseball greats. You have to admit now, do you finally feel that you belong there? Well, I did feel like I belonged in the major leagues. I I was given a lot of talent. I think it goes back to what my dad, you know, dad said more was given to me than was ever taken away. Um, and there were definitely moments when I felt like I belonged and I felt like I was one of the better players in the league. Um, and, and and yet there's also moments when when we're tough on each on ourselves. And and that's a little bit of the exploration of the book is is looking back on your life, looking back on a career. And, and finding, you know, acceptance in the effort that you gave. And, and for a long time, I was very harsh. I judged my career in, in a very harsh way. And and, and now, you know, I, the book really actually kind of helped me to look back on the effort and look back on how far I came in my life. And, and you know, it's a long way from Flint, Michigan to Yankee Stadium. And, and, and um, you know, I've really come to be proud of, of the things that I did on a baseball field and and. and the great way that fans have, have um, you know, really embraced my career and, and, and taken me in. Have you ever thought that perhaps you experienced everything that you have in life to be given this very public platform and go out and change so many lives? I, I don't know that I believe that, but I, the thought has crossed my mind. <laughs> um, only because my dad believed that in some ways. And, and, and I, you know, I don't know that I share his faith in that, but... Um, I I do think there's an interesting narrative in in my career, and and I played in some of the greatest places, you know, for for really kind of 
coincidental reasons. I, I played on the West Coast and I played on the East Coast with the Yankees and, and teams that everybody had heard of and, and, and watched and knew of. And, and I had this great moment and and then I had this difficulty and I had this struggle in, uh, in professional struggle in my career later on. And, and, and in some ways, those are experiences that I think a lot of people can relate to. And, and um, it's, I, I don't know that I love the, the, the word, you know, the, 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 the label of motivational speaker, um, but I, I do really, really enjoy the fact that the, the audiences that I get a chance to talk to get inspiration and motivation from these experiences that my career had. It doesn't take a lot for me to drum that up, to, to, to find uh, resonance and to find um, things that people can connect with. Jim, I really want to thank you for spending time with us today. Personally, I don't believe in coincidences. I think that everything in your life brought you to this point, and I think you have a very public platform, and I'm so happy that you are using it to inspire people that are going through different challenges in their lives, and I'm so honored that you shared some time with us today, so thank you. Well, it was a real treat for me, and, and I thank you, Joan, and, and good luck with passing on a positive message. This is Conversations with Joan. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.